We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant the church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. Hey, welcome. Uh, welcome back to church for those of you who are here and helped us get things going this morning. And welcome for those who are uh, connecting with us online. We're excited about um, next week. Uh, just to share with you some folks who are uh, with us, uh, the Lindholms have commented and the Ratliffs say good morning. A few folks from Arkansas and the Franks are online. They greet us, the Zenders, the Bickles. So, hey, if you're online watching, um, give us a shout out. The constables are here. And um, hey, let's just go ahead and greet the saints virtually for a sec. Just say good morning. Yeah. Go ahead. Good there, we go. there we go. That's great. Well, hey, um, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world right now. Um, and so before, before we uh, get into the word and, um, and um, spend our time seeing what, what uh, God says, uh, let's just all bow our heads and let's pray and, uh, and let's trust the Lord with what he is doing and what's going on. Okay, I'll mention a few things. Um, I'll mention what's going on in Minnesota. I'll mention the coronavirus. I'll mention cancer. And, um, and let's, just, let's just pray and uh, offer our, our, um, our lives to him and ask the Lord how he would have us respond in these moments. Okay, let's pray together. And so, Father, we come to you. Uh, Lord, there is much happening Lord, we are broken uh, for, uh, for how you have designed things. You know that, that you've created humans in your likeness. We were made in the image of God. And Lord, uh, it, it, it disturbs you greatly when uh, we don't uphold human life. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, we would be a people that uh, seek justice, that we love mercy, that we walk humbly with you, as Micah 6, 8 says. Lord, that we would um, entrust ourselves to our government. Lord, that we, uh, that we would trust the judicial process. Lord, that, that we would be a, a people that lament and weep with those who weep mourn with those who mourn. Lord, there's, uh, there are a, a tremendous amount of, of hardships, disease, cancer, the coronavirus. Lord, these are unique and, and, and tumultuous times, and we are asking that your light would shine brighter and that you would use... Uh, the saints of Jesus Christ to be salt and light in this world and that you would bring in more into your kingdom and that would happen through through the word of God being spoken 
So Lord, we, we have the gospel, the message of good news, and we pray that we will be bold with it. Would you do a work uh, in the next few moments in all of our lives right now? Through your word and by your spirit, would you uh, bring about change within us and cause us to love you and your people more? And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Hey, let's get started. Can everyone hear me in this room okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Online, are we here? Are we doing okay volume-wise? Someone, someone just give me a check, okay? We're not shooting for super polished, but we are just shooting for that you would hear us and uh, that you would hear God's word. The cousins said good morning, and the Franks said yes, we can hear you. All right, so hey, uh, last week we finished up uh, the Christ and Coronavirus uh, series, and uh, this morning we're going to prepare ourselves and, and to, uh, uh, use the word to cause us to anticipate uh, the regathering of the saints again. And so if you would uh, come with me, like come back with me in your mind to uh, the night before Christmas, you lay down your head and you're waiting with great expectation for the next morning. Kids, eat with me? We're Christmas, okay? All right, I don't know if, if this little lady's with me. <laughs> Lucy, you with me? Come on, girl, we're going for it. We're talking about Christmas. This is like your favorite, okay? All right, so you wake up, you're, and you're ready for like the greatest morning. You've been waiting for this all year, right? You start coming down the stairs, and you see the lights on the tree. Can you, can you picture that in your mind, kids? See the lights on the tree. You see the presents under the tree. And they're like placed there perfectly, kind of overlapping so that no bows get like pushed down and everything's just beautiful and gorgeous. The cookies and the milk are like half drank and half eaten, okay? And as you're going down the stairs, you like you start smelling. And you're like, oh, egg and sausage casserole. Does anyone else? Come on. Who, who gets that for Christmas morning, okay? Not some families, okay? Just just bacon, I guess. Some families do that. <laughs> just ribs, right? Okay, maybe if you've got a savvy nose, you, you smell a, a little bit of coffee. So mom and dad got that coffee brewing and, um, and you enter in and like Christmas morning begins, right? You eat breakfast as a family, Maybe you pray together. Maybe you, you read the famous Luke chapter two about, about a, the Christmas morning. Uh, maybe you sing a Christmas carol or two together. And of course, you exchange gifts, right? Like you, you give each other presents. And at the end of Christmas morning, you're like, oh, it was so worth the wait. I'm so glad we were just anticipating this morning. I love Christmas. Right? Like kids, is there is there one gift from this past Christmas, five, six months ago, that you can especially remember opening? I kind of lock that in your mind, right? I remember when I was a kid, about six or seven years old, I came down the stairs and I smelled the egg casserole and I saw this horse that was mounted on springs and like I immediately knew that was mine, right? And I like went down there and I jumped on that horse and I like rode it off into the sunset in my mind. I just remember like 
loving that Christmas morning. It was so great. It was great. Like that, that is, that's Christmas. Like you wait for it. And, and that when you receive gifts, it's so, it's so special, right? Um, who does this when they open gifts? They open a gift and they go, oh, this is so wonderful. I deserve this gift. Does anyone say that? Like, oh, I earned this gift. No, like it's a, it's a gift. It's, it's, it's unearned. We, we give each other gifts and we call them gifts because it's an expression of our love. It's, it's not something that, that you deserve, but it's something that we, we give. And kids, in the Bible, there's this word, um, and, it, and it means gift, okay? Does anyone know what, what word I'm thinking of? Like a word that is talking about how God gives something to us. It's not earned. You don't deserve it. It starts with a G. And it rhymes with bass. I see a hand over here. Shout it really loud so everyone can hear it in the... Grace. Yeah, you got it. Nice job. Grace. Yeah. So well done. God, God, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it says in the Bible, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is a, guess what? It's a, who's got it? It's a gift. That's right. It's a gift. Not a result of works, so that no one should boast. That's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. So when someone becomes a Christian, okay, we're talking about becoming a Christian, they receive grace. How you become a Christian is this. Are you ready? We said it before in the past, and I'll just remind us. And if you're listening, um, just like be comforted by being reminded by this. It's the ABCs of becoming a Christian. First, you admit that you're a sinner. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, right? This is something that we deserve, um, that, that we deserve death, being eternally separated from God. That's the bad news. So if you want to become a Christian, you got to go, Lord, man, I, I can't do this in it on my own strength and myself. I want to know you, and I need to tell you that I need you. I'm a Christian. I can't save myself. So you have to admit that you're a sinner. B is that you believe. So it, when you become a Christian, you say, I am placing my faith and trust in Jesus. I can't save myself. I need someone outside myself. Martin Luther said, I need an alien righteousness, something, a righteousness that's outside of my own power. So you believe in Jesus and then he comes and saves you. And see, we say that we commit to living a life worthy of him, that you repent of your sins, and you don't just stay there, but you turn to Christ. And you say, I want to walk with him for the rest of my life, the ABCs. And when you do that, it's like Christmas morning. It's like gift is imparted to you. It's given to you. You don't deserve this gift. Otherwise, it would be a wage. But Jesus comes and he saves you. Okay, now listen up, here we go. The question would be like, well, what then? Like, is God's plan for my life just so that I would say a prayer and be saved and forgiven and then he would leave me? Like, does God just kind of treat me like this? Uh, okay, done, check the box, I saved little Johnny. Now I need to move on. And then you're just left for the rest of your life? Is that how the Christian life 
works? Is there something more? Does God just say, hmm, well, talk to you when you get to heaven. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you're in your living room or if you're with us this morning, go ahead and open on up to the book of Titus, chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 11 through 15. If you forgot it in the fellowship hall or whatever, go ahead and grab it. No worries. It's totally fine, okay? You left it in the lobby. You, can, you won't distract me. You can grab it, okay? Chapter 2, verse 11. I'm going to read 11 through 15 in its entirety, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. Here we go. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. Verse 12. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who, we are, who are zealous for good works. And here's the last verse that we'll read, verse 15. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, and let no one disregard you. So we see here, keep your finger in there, okay? We see here that grace, this unmerited gift uh, given to those who believe, is not just some mystical power that exists uh, in space. It's not some like Star Wars force that you somehow have to like Grab of grab a hold of in some strange and mystical way. In Titus 2, we see that the grace of God has appeared, meaning grace is Jesus. When someone becomes a Christian, they receive grace, they receive Christ, and he indwells in the life of a believer. And if I were to ask, if we were in a, a Bible study setting, and if we were sitting in a circle, and if I would say, what does grace do according to Titus 2, 11 through 15? How would you answer that? There's two verbs. Try to look at it. There's two verbs ending in I-N-G. What does grace do? The first one is in verse 12. Do you see it? What is it? See if you can chime in. What does grace do? It appears. It brings salvation to all. And then it, what does it do? That's right. Who said it? Yeah, it trains. Good job, Evan. Yeah, it can train you in righteousness. It, like, it teaches you. It's active. Again, so Jesus doesn't just save you and say, I'll see you in heaven. But he takes an active role in your life. His grace, we can say, we're going to define grace now. It is the power of God to change a man. It saves you, but it also trains you. It helps you change to become more like him. What's the other one that it helps you do? What does grace do? Uh, found in verse 13, it ends in I-N-G. Anyone got it? Anyone online got it? See if you can beat the internet, beat in-person folks. 
What does it do? Verse 13. Ends in ing. Rhymes with schmating. Waiting, that's right. <laughs> it teaches you to wait, right? So the grace of God trains you and it also helps you in the waiting for Jesus, our blessed hope to come. So hear this message, okay? That God gives you, he grants you the gift of faith and he helps you by his grace. He, he forgives you of your sin and then it's like a Christmas present. He like trains you and helps you wait. And he looks forward. We've got some answers right here. He helps you wait for the blessed hope, the return of Jesus Christ, which we talked about a few weeks ago in our Christ and Coronavirus um, series. So grace is, is the power of God to change a man. All right, now let's get real specific, okay? How does God change someone how does he do that in the life of a person we could go a number of directions right we know that when someone believes that they receive the holy spirit and the holy spirit works in a person's life convicting and guiding and comforting um, um, all the commands of scripture that are given to the believer if you've been in the faith for a while you've you've heard them summarize the spiritual disciplines where the grace of God trains a person. So we can say like fasting, praying, or, or other things. This morning, we're gonna answer the question about how God trains and changes and helps a person grow in Christ by the discipline or by the, the grace of, of gathering, by the assembling of the saints. We're saying that so as to prepare our hearts to anticipate like Christmas morning in seven days from now, what it will be like to be together with the people of God. So once again, June 7th, we will be our namesake again. We will gather. And just to be honest with you, this, this decision has been has been a, a tough one. It's been like one of deep prayer. We've been on our knees um, and we just, we just think it is the best thing for you, for your soul. Uh, we wanna be as safe as we can and we're really excited and firmly believe that when the saints of God come together, that he works in and through the graces that he's provided so that his people would delight in him. So when you go to bed Saturday night, June 6th, like we wanna affirm this feeling like it's gonna be like Christmas morning. We're gonna wake up and we get to experience God's gifts to us, okay? So we're gonna just tell and talk about a couple different gifts that he provides when the saints gather this morning. Are you with me? Are you with me online? Yeah, okay. Are you with me together? The title of the message is the gift of gathering, okay? The gift of gathering. We're gonna talk about the different gifts when we assemble. Here's four, coming your way in no particular order. Okay, number one, the gift of his special presence. So Matthew 18, don't go there, I'll just read it for you. Matthew 18, verse 20, says that where two or three are gathered in my name, 
I'm there with them. Isn't that amazing? This is for real. This is one of God's promises that when the saints of God gather together, he's with them in a special way. And honestly, I've studied this. I don't know how to describe it with perfect words. Like I know that when I'm on my chair and, and at my house and I'm reading the Bible with my cup of coffee and I'm praying, I am communing with God and he is, he's with me. And that is a promise. Like he meets me in the quietness of my heart. Amen? Hey, look at that. I get a verbal amen now. For the last 70, you know, few weeks, I've been preaching to a computer screen and just reading an amen. But I get to hear it now. Amen? amen. All right. It's beautiful that when, we're, when we individually come to God, that he meets us. But here, I want to cling to the promise that like when we function together, when we come together in Jesus's name. So not just hanging out. There's a formality to it. When we come together, that God says, hey, I'll be there. I'll be there with you. I'll be there working in and amongst you. Isn't that exciting? And so like when you're preparing this week, that should give you great excitement and anticipation. I'm coming to church because God is going to be there. Amen? All right. So number two, the gift of hearing from him. Number one was the gift of his special presence. Number two is the gift of hearing from him. Uh, Just to be straight, hey, I've been super thankful for the gift of technology. Like this, this computer screen has really... Uh, God has used live streaming so that more people would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's been really exciting to see the word go forth from this time of quarantine, right? But there is something special. Like you can't substitute live stream for in-person preaching, singing, and fellowship, and prayer. Like God God works through it. That's how it's meant to be. Um, and and we're, so, we're so excited to, to open our doors again and to be um, a church that gathers in person. Praise God for what he did. Praise God for what he is doing. Um, my wife and I, were, we were just reading this, um, this book last night and then this, this quote that I wanted to share with you. Um, this woman was just praying and her prayer was open doors open hearts, and open heavens. And that, that's such a great mindset to go into church every Sunday. Like, why, why, are, why are we doing this? Why am I needing to wake up maybe a little bit earlier? And, and instead of like just wearing my, my, my pajama pants and my slippers, which I did preach in those, by the way, and it was a delight. I was like, I can, I should, so I'm going to wear slippers. I won't wear them in the coming days. But like, like, to, why am I having to brush my teeth again and eat earlier and, and assemble with other? That's right. In person, I'm going to hear from God. And you should just brush your teeth anyways, because it's a good discipline. In June, when we reassemble, um, we're going to spend our time, like we do every time, preaching about Jesus. 
Um, we're going we're gonna to look at his life, but specifically we're going to look at how he spent his three years of ministry on this earth. Um, another way to say it is we're going to study the strategy of Jesus and how he ministered. Why? Because we are just coming out of uh, an extreme global pandemic. And so in, a, in essence, June will be a time for us to say, hey, church, this is how we need to respond to the globe experiencing a major time of crisis. And our answer is going to be Jesus. But specifically, it's going to be discipleship. We're, we've, we've studied revival. and We're, we're going to call it a sustained revival. If people come to Christ, we need to be ready to disciple them. There's tons of depression out there. There's tons of like mental illness. There's tons of racism. How do we respond to the challenges that people are facing around the globe? And we've got to hold out the word of life boldly. And we've got to help them with the gospel. And so we're going to study things like go therefore and make disciples. Well, how do I do that? We're baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. We've got to be ready to make disciples. So we're going to study it. We're going to talk about what that looks like. And we're excited to just to do that. That's our prayer. And um, in response, we'll be sort of um, uh, tapering off community groups. And we're going to say, hey, um, as, as we proclaim it from the pulpit, hey, the people of God, Go therefore and do it. And so we're going to say, hey, spend June, spend July, spend August from your community groups pursuing a few people. Doesn't matter the age, right? Whether you're 13 or 38 or 58 to, to make disciples. About, um, about Helping one another follow Jesus. Um, let's go to point number three. Number three, one of the beautiful graces of, or a gift that you receive when you gather with God's people is the gift of singing. And we just uh, uh, we just sang together and online. If you uh, just heard the saints singing, we pray that that was a blessing to you. Uh, it was for me. Um, one of the great gifts when you come together as God's people is that you get to praise God with your voice and you get to sing to one another. You get to hear the saints singing. Uh, let me read Ephesians 5 to you. It says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Like it doesn't just say come together and exist in a box and just close your eyes and look to God and pretend like you're the only one in the room. It actually says sing to one another. And so when we come together in seven days, we're going to have the chance to look at each other and to hear one another sing again. It's been so long. It's going to be great. It's way better than the radio. It's way better than just like popping on a YouTube song and singing along with it. Although that's awesome. And you can worship God in the confines of your car or in your home or in the shower or whatever. But there's something special. It's a gift that God has said, hey, when you get together, sing to one another. We're going to do a whole lot of singing. 
personal story, and just so you know that it's so real in the lives of people. It's not just this rhythm or just something that we do as a church because it's nice, but it actually is our very life blood and it helps us. And so uh, three weeks ago, um, we, the Newman family, lost a dear friend named Wally Geiger. He was at our previous church at Metro Bible. He moved up to Colorado and him and his wife um, were there, we visited him. And um, he had Parkinson's and he had a, uh, people with Parkinson's have a difficult time breathing. And, um, and I would go to Wally's house and we would sing together. Um, and it was beautiful. And, and, and we would sing all sorts of songs, but I would say, hey, Wally, what's, what song should we sing? And, and the one that I really remember singing was, um, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Do you guys know that one? Anyone know that one? I'll just sing a little bit of it, okay? It goes, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. It's a great song. It's an old one. Kids, you got to learn that one, okay? And it's, it's so true. When you sing, when you hear each other, it's, it's like you sense the spirit. You can't grab a hold of it. It's like the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going, but you sense it. And you know it's the Lord. And he, he dwells with his people and he works. And he works when you sing. It's beautiful. And Wally is with the Lord now and he's singing a whole lot now. And it uh, probably sounds really awesome up there. Um, but we sang together. And that was a unity that we had. And we experienced the spirit of God and his presence through our singing together. Last one, the gift of children. The gift of children. We could say like the gift of generations, right? So we're not like just gathering with our buddies who's just like us and things like that, but especially children, okay? And we're choosing this one because, because of COVID-19, the restrictions, and because it's like an awesome opportunity, we get to have the kids in with us, okay? And so let's just talk about that, okay? First thing I'll say is this, Jesus loves children. <laughs> he loves them, right? He said, hey, let the little children come to me. And in this chapter of our church, God is gonna use this in a unique and special way for us to show kids what it's like to follow Jesus when we assemble, right? You can show them what it's like to follow Jesus at home, but also living in community. There is awesome and beautiful teaching opportunities from parents to children, from others to children. It takes a village. And we're gonna have the opportunity to train them in godliness through singing, right? We're gonna sing together. Kids, we're gonna be with you and moms and dads are gonna stand next to you and we're gonna sing loudly and you're gonna look up and you're gonna see your dad going, oh, I didn't know he sounded like that, <laughs> you know? But you're gonna see just tears coming down his face. Wow, dad feels, dad loves Jesus. He, this is awesome. And this is what it means to love God, to express yourself 
through song. We're going we're gonna to open up our Bibles together. And kids, we want you to bring your Bibles. And moms and dads, we're going to have the unique opportunity to be like, hey, this is where the book of Titus is. Hey, keep going to the right. Keep going to the right. And like, say that out loud. That's fine. It doesn't have to be like this hush, hush, quiet little box in here. We're going to like just walk with Jesus. It's going to be great. There's a lot of things like that that's going to happen. And and there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of things going on in this world. There's, there's racial things going on. We're thinking through masks. We're thinking through hand sanitizer. Even like the baseball teams are all messed up, right? Like, did you guys know no kids can like sit in dugouts these days? Like they have to like sit with their parents all spaced out. And like everyone across the globe is adjusting to this thing. And there's a tremendous amount of opportunity to get anxious. But this morning, I pray that you would be encouraged to look at this as an opportunity. Anytime you feel anxiousness, give it to the Lord. Like give and cast your cares upon him and trust him. As the word of truth is proclaimed, I pray that that even as, as unbelievers come and they're amongst us and they watch moms and dads showing their little kids how to sing and how to listen and how to go in the scriptures that they would go. And this is from first Corinthians 14. They would go something like this. Ha! God is really among them. Did you know that's the result of the service of God when non-believers look on in first Corinthians 14, they say that's that something's different and God is among them. And it's attractive to them when we do things in an orderly and God-honoring way. So, hey, conclusion. We're excited about what God is going to do when we gather in the next weeks. And he is going to be faithful to his promises to work through these gifts for your, glory, uh, for your good and his glory. And I just, I also want to say, pastorally, let's be patient with one another. Okay, let's be eager, as it says in Ephesians 4, eager for unity. Not everyone is comfortable to meet in person yet, and that's okay. Okay, we got to show patience with each other with different opinions. Not all feel it's right to meet in person yet, and we got to show grace and kindness towards one another. The evil one, and listen up, the evil one would love to let issues like the virus or like race, divide the body of Christ rather than bring unity. He would love that. So let's pray against it. Join with me in pursuing unity. And on June 6th, when you lie down your head, right on your pillow, get excited. Anticipate God's graces to work in and through you and wake up like it's Christmas morning because he's going to be faithful to his promises. Amen. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a great day. We love you.